185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. Hundred and eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are back and talking hardcore. Helping out, you know him, you love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Forged in the flames of chaos. Dude. Maybe the second best song on the seven inch. Um, actually, probably the third. <laughs> also, well, you, know out- me, you know me, I'm, I'm putting the two together and claiming it as one. <laughs> That's true. Although I do think that makes Firestorm, uh, it, take, it detracts from Firestorm. I think Firestorm by itself is better than Firestorm in the Forging of the Flames of Chaos. I don't know if I agree with that. It's too long otherwise, dude, without a fast part. Come on. Uh, also, <laughs> up and out, six foot two. What you going to do? It is the mighty, mighty posse, Chris. What's up, Chris? What's cracking? Dude, we got to talk hardcore. We almost just started right then. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> well, let's jump right into it. Um, y'all have been hitting me up and getting at me, and I appreciate that. 185 miles south at gmail.com. Anytime you want to chat, I respond to everyone. Uh, you can hit up through the socials, but like the DM shit gets wonky. Cause like stuff gets bumped down and I'm not trying to ignore anyone, but the email is the best, right? And a bunch of people in the last like month or so have been hitting me up for our take on like the corporate hardcore shit. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. And I wasn't like necessarily avoiding this topic, but like I'm not interested in this podcast being like a podcast about current events. Um, that's just not what I want this thing to be. Um, and like even the new music we talk, like it's generally on delay. Like, I just want to talk about things that have merit and things that I think will help that'll stand the test of time and things that we care about and ride for. So like going into stuff like this, which I don't ride for, isn't really like my aim of the podcast, but enough of you want our take. So let's jump into it. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but like the three, dramatic things over the last like couple months were the scowl taco bell halftime thing um and then just kind of like the pbr thing in general and then also like that the maggot stop it's okay to drink shirt uh dan you think that sums it all up yeah those are the, the hot button topics i suppose yeah yeah and i feel dirty even talking about this because like i don't know it just feels gossipy and weird but anyway um Dan, what's your take? Are you taking a PBR sponsorship or what? Never. <laughs> now, it's funny because Scott is a really good friend of mine who does Maggot Stomp. And I, when I saw that and I saw – because it, it is baiting. Even though Scott is straight edge, it is baiting, you know, mocking straight edge, which, you know, we should be able to laugh at ourselves too. But – it's taking something that's like a pretty like rad thing from the past and flipping it and adding the corporate sponsorship to it makes it just 
So fucking gross. So when I saw it, I just texted him one word, shame. And then he wrote back, well, DJ, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, next time you're playing at the whistle stop, like make sure that no one's drinking PBR or something like that. And I was like, I mean, that's a, it's a fair comeback to an extent, except for the fact I'm going there and playing music at a bar. Like the bar's doing the thing anyway. Like the um, PBR infiltrating hardcore punk is not the same thing as that to me. I'm also not doing, I'm not DJing in the name of, of hardcore or underground music to an extent, you know? So um, anyway, my take on it is uh, a corporate beer entering underground music spaces and doing things in the name of like promotion for bands because bands are getting shirts made and then selling them and it is putting money in the pocket of the bands. Lots of people could see that as being something um, very good for the bands and a way to exploit the corporate structure and utilize it for bands forwarding themselves. But there's a reason that we're hardcore punk and not just rock music. There's so much of a deeper vein that runs through all of this and a rejection of regular society. I feel that this skirts that and almost puts it at risk. That I suppose that would be my just initial take. Sorry, that was maybe just word soup, but that's you know if I've synthesized synthesizing it down. Yes, bands are probably benefiting from this, but it's making them look like suckers. And on the on the other side of it, it's a corporate brand that is promoting something that I don't think is good and take my edge away from this. It's a corporate brand promoting things within hopefully a non-corporate space. And I think that's a gross thing personally. I think it's awful. Yeah. To, to dial into the shirt, which is the most ridiculous thing to talk about here, but like it was just an obvious troll job. Right. And so like it got its job done, you know? So that is what it is. I do think it's like a silly thing to troll on though, as someone that like has never been straight edge just because like it's the, it's okay not to drink shirt is kind of like an iconic, great, like hardcore thing, right? Like it's, it's very like not confrontational, but it is saying like, it's okay to like go against this one strand of society, like in this piece of like societal peer pressure that is like put on most people, right? Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, drinking's a societal norm, really. Right, and so like it's like kind of one of those tenets of hardcore. Even like if you don't subscribe to it, like you kind of respect it. You know what I mean? Like same with, uh, I don't know, like what it's like. Oh, it's okay to put meat in your mouth. All right, cool. Like that's sick, dude. Like people love eating hamburgers, and that's fine. Like, but I don't know. I don't think that you need to be bagging on vegetarians either, right? It's like it's kind of sick that some people like stand against that in their own way, right? Whether they're, you know, whatever the fuck ever. Anyway, shirt silly. I don't really give a fuck. Uh, PBR in general, I just wish that, like, people got paid, like, a lot more 
you know, like in order to like attack, I don't know a band that you care about. And I've done them before is like, you put your blood, sweat and tears into it. Right. It's like in the best bands, like you're putting every ounce of yourself into it. Like it is your identity, like in that moment. Right. And like, I don't know. It's just weird to like co-opt like that thing that you've built with like a shitty brand because like, you know, as, as once (laughs) I was one of the greatest beer drinkers in the history of the world for a lot of my (laughs) life. Um, I consider myself an expert on this topic and like PBR is just straight up one of the worst beers in the world. Like it sucks. Like I natural ice is worse, you know? And other than that, like PBR is like right around the bottom of the barrel. Like at least just shell out for high life, dude. And that's like, maybe that's my biggest beef of it. Like, I just think that hardcore like deserves more. You know what I mean? Like, like hardcore, we don't get like the king of beers. Like we can't even get a high life. We get fucking PBR straight up piss beer, right? Hardcore doesn't get like a Toyota. It gets like a car shaped, like a fucking ice cube. You know what I mean? And like, (laughs) and what like to attach your band that you care about to something for a box of shirts. Like, I don't know, get, get paid, dude, get paid. Like for real paid, you know, like have someone buy you a van. Like that'd be sick. Like if it was real money or something, like I'd respect it, but like a box of shirts, like, I don't know, man, that's just me, but everyone can make that decision. I want people to like do what they want with their band. Right. Like that's all. And like, you know how, uh, you know, if your friends in a band, you know, you kind of like it's one check in the wind column. You're going to like it. Or, you know, if you're like a straight edge kid and a band is straight edge, it's like one check in the wind column. Like you're more likely to like it. It doesn't mean like, you're not going to like it. If you don't like it, if it sucks, you can't like it, but it is like a check in the wind column. And like, this stuff is just, it's a little check in like the column of things I don't like. And that's all like the bands can still rule. Some of my favorite bands have done it. Dead heat did it right. I love dead heat. One of my favorite bands. So like, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I think it's silly. That's all. I wouldn't do it. Um, now I would say if like, uh, if whoever supplies Fraser farms with their raw sunflower seeds comes calling, uh, I will attach your brand to anything that I'm, uh, <laughs> associated with or, uh, the lime liquid death, liquid death. Come, uh, come holler at me. Like, don't hit me with the melon one, but the lime one, I'm going to sell out for you. Love your product. Uh, 365 organic, the no salt added garbanzo beans. Uh, love your product. I would love for you to sponsor the podcast. Just the garbanzo beans. Uh, that's all. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my take. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I don't get too offended by it individually. I think, you know, sometimes there are necessary evil arguments to be made. You know, for example, you know, a fest needs sponsors to be able to get like all the bands to come to their city that they want to bring, you know? So, uh, whoever logo says, Hey, you know, slap our logo on your, your flyer and, you know, we'll help, you know, maybe that's, that's something you can make argument for. Um, and then there's obviously like endorsements from companies who make instruments or strings, like stuff that's hugely beneficial for bands. Uh, but so individually, I don't, I have a strong opinion about it, but like some of the beer company stuff just feels unnecessary in like individually. Okay. Like you drink that beer, you think it's fun to do a collaboration with them. That's fine. Uh, but like 
just seeing like a whole army of bands doing collabs with one specific company, it, it makes it a little bit hard not to just picture like the room of marketing as execs that are just in their boardroom laughing at these like silly hardcore bands that they're, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the exact details are of the agreements, but I got to think like the marketing teams for these companies are just like laughing at how much good low cost publicity they're getting from taking advantage of these, you know, cute little hardcore bands. Um, so that feels kind of dirty to me. And then I don't know, Dan touched on something that I, you know, I want to seg a little bit too. It, it's, it's part of the same conversation. So um, I'm not going to take it too far field, but like, I think that a bit of this is a product of what hardcore is now and, and how easily accessible it is as a genre for people to find. And I think that's a beautiful thing in many ways, you know, like more kids at shows is great. Um, more people discovering and falling truly in love with like the greatest thing in the world. Awesome. I love it. More heads to stage dive on. Love that. Um, even though that, that doesn't seem to be the case in reality with the horseshoe being, you know, so prevalent right now, but I think like some of this ease of access um, with that, we're seeing maybe more focus on the sound and the live energy, um, which are both really cool things. But I think that like forgets and ignores like the best thing about hardcore. And that's like the ethics, Um, you know, the things that you can learn, uh, whether it be about, politics or like you know empathy self-respect um and i you know i've noticed it's increasingly rare to see a band get on stage and share ideas and talk about real topics you know and you don't need to be a a you know brilliant person to get up and talk about it you know like no reply said we've, we've talked about this on the pod a ton of times but just give me your guts you know and it just feels like too many bands today are kind of defaulting to the you know, quote unquote, fuck around and find out or talk shit, get hit rhetoric. And um, I don't know. I just really miss that aspect of being able to go to hardcore shows more often feeling inspired or challenged by like ideas that are presented. Um, and I've kind of gotten to the point where I'd rather see like a straight up mid band, you know, get up on stage and spill their souls than watch a band that I like tr- musically love with just like kind of paint by numbers lyrics and you know they're not saying anything in substance um so i don't know this kind of goes back to what dan was talking about um about this being more than just a style of music and and that's the the part that i i feel like is maybe not directly related but tangentially related and i think it's it's pretty sad yeah you know i think that this podcast, like we ride for the big tent, you know, we've talked about that a lot. We like the whole spectrum of hardcore. I don't want to lose like any side of it. You know, I don't want to lose any of like the gnarliest stuff, the softest stuff, whatever, you know? And I agree with you, Chris, like the ease of access, like overall is a great thing, but like when there is all this stuff going on, like I just, I wonder like, well, this is easier to find, but like, what are they finding? Like, what mm-hmm. is it all about? Like, I don't know if it's, if it's just like to get wild in a room, which like is a big fucking part of it. Right. And like, that's fueled by like all the, the TikTok and the viral videos. And that's like, cool. 
But like, if that's all there is to it, then like, whatevs, like then a, a big piece of hardcore is dead, you know? Um, I don't know that like, that's, that's kind of like what I struggle with on this stuff is like balancing, like, yeah, that ease of access, but like, what is there? Like, is, is some of the heart of it slipping? Um, and who is writing for stuff? Cause like, I don't know, like outside of all this stuff, bands come through San Diego and there's a, there's a million like cool spots to play, but like, you know, end up in like a live nation venue, like just little shit like that is like, I don't know. And, and like, I don't, I don't blame anyone either. Right. Like I, I booked tours before it was really fucking hard and I wish I didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like I would, if I was trying to do a band like full time right now, I would a hundred percent give away that piece of it, like in a second. And like, when you do that, you are like sacrificing a little bit, like, because some stuff is out of your hands. Right. And I think that that's like why, when we see bands like do really notable stuff, like, you know, drain doing like that full U S tour and like trying their best to like not have barriers at any of the shows or tsunami going out and like booking their shit all the way DIY and like bringing bands with them and like paying them like real fucking money, you know, to open when like they could just be copping all that for themselves. Like they didn't have to, they don't have to pay opening acts like as much as they do. Right. Like bands are going to do it for exposure, but like, I don't know when, when we see and, and I even feel fucking weird saying like the right way. Right. Because do whatever the fuck you want. You know, like I'm just some fucking 40 year old moron, you know, talking in my house right now. Right. So like it is what it is, but like, I, I don't know. I have an opinion, right? Like I think that I've been in hardcore long enough that like my opinion matters a little bit. Like I've done bands. I do this stupid thing, you know, I don't know. I Well, I think that, I think what you've both said, like ignites within me also, like, this is special because it is not like anything else in the world. If you want to go fucking go crazy in a room, you know, it's happened multiple times over time, like grunge people went, can you float me? Can you crowd, you know, all of this, like I've seen it all on at that time, MTV, etc. And then after that, at the start of social media, fucking new metal comes around and like people are going fucking nuts there, but it's, it's the bros. It's the fucking jocks. It's the people that aren't here to share ideas. They're here to break stuff. Do you know what I mean? And if we just became that, it's not what it was. And, you know, there's a lot of terminology about gatekeeping, et cetera, et cetera. And some people, you know, in recent times have been, maybe gatekeeping is a, is a positive thing to kind of keep, the essence of what something is. I do love that hardcore punk is a constantly evolving beast, that it is this intangible thing that we all subscribe to, love, put our everything into, and we can be disappointed by it. We can also find, you know, like Chris says, at some night, someone is saying something on stage that is just catching you and and either challenging you or making you feel like oh my god you know things are going to be all right because you know there's other people saying this kind of stuff and like challenging the regular norms out there um i feel that 
like just to step back one sec, like Chris said, you know, there are people that take guitar deals and, you know, uh, in the past there were clothing deals like over my dead body took, like I didn't wear it, but, um, other members of the band wore stuff from Atticus because they gave us clothes and helped with a little tour support. Um, but that it was like a, a music based direction. And yet that still felt, weird for me at the time but like other members of the band wanted the free gear you know to but at no point is anybody like it it's not like um it's not this like promo machine of what is now with this pbr thing and with other things where also it wasn't in a world where social media was repeating things all the time. But what I will say is what I've felt about the, the bands doing these collabs and, and, you know, I love Scott McGrath. Like I, I really do love that dude. Uh, Scott doing this collab. It's like, it did get a lot of people talking about it. It's got a lot of people, you know, fiending to get those shirts when like dead heat puts them up or something like that, because people, there's a element of a hype beast nature of like, Oh my God, it's a limited shirt. Let me grab it. It's the same with that brand brain dead doing collabs with bands, but at least the, the, um, at the core of it, the person who started brain dead is a hardcore kid. And yes, I do know the person who is connecting the hardcore bands with PBR is a tried and true hardcore kid who does really great things for hardcore. But at the same time, there is something about that connection coming in that just feels rotten to me and it feels the ant you know the antithesis of um what this is all about you know and um i don't think there's an easy answer everyone should feel the way they feel but as chris said and as zach just said the thing that makes hardcore punk and just punk in general, but especially hardcore punk makes it so special is the sharing of ideas and the telling the stories of where we came from. So like, you know, there's plenty of political action bands that have come through like with tons of, you know, challenging politics. There's been lots of people singing very personal stories that have let other people in other worlds know where people have come from and it's because there's no bullshit attached and you know what this feels like bullshit so it it chips away at the no bullshit of hardcore uh scowl taco bell do we care no i mean it that bounce i'm gonna go first I, i think it's fun like retaliated Eric Andre, like I don't know what's attached to it. I think the scowl talk about thing is just kind of fun, right? Like it's a it's a silly thing to do, right? And like if you take it in that way, it's like oh, it's a silly spot to 
put your band out there for some exposure. Like, I don't, I don't see anything strange with that. Um, again, like, I think that like, if you're going to co-opt your brand with something, like you should ride for the brand, you know, like, you know, the, I, I tossed out three products right now that I would like take the money happily. <laughs> um, and like straight up. Right. So like, if you're a band that loves Taco Bell and Taco Bell wants to sponsor you, like that's pretty sick. Right. I mean, same, like, look, dude, there are people with like fucking sus taste buds that like PBR. Like, I don't know what's up with that. Look, if you're from like the great lakes region, I get it. Right. Like when I would be on tour, like I go to bars and like PBR would be like a dollar, like on draft or whatever. And like, that makes sense if it's the cheapest beer, but on the West coast, like that's like a hipster ass nerd beer. Like it's not the cheapest beer and it's definitely not near being the best beer. Like it's like, I don't know, whatever it sucks. Like I'm, that's just me with a product. Like I guess I'm more offended by that's the product that hardcore gets. Like we deserve better people. Come on. But yeah, the scowl thing just seems fun. Like if you ride for that, um, you know, if you want to peel back the onion more, like then everything gets wonky, right? Like the things that we support, right? Like, do you want to go into what yum foods donates their money to? Like, I don't know. They donate to the Republican national committee and Republican super PACs. Like, I don't, I don't know if you want to be making money for that stuff, but like, that's your decision, right? Like whatever you want to do is cool. Like rock it out, you know? Uh, Dan, you want to touch this or no? Well, the only thing I think about is, yeah, it is funny. It's ridiculous and, and all of that. And obviously Scowl as a band is attempting to go as far as they can, even, you know, being hardcore kids that they're, they're reaching to go way beyond hardcore, you know, like what their second ever tour was with Limp Biscuit, you know? So, um, you know, they are just shooting for the proverbial stars with everything they do. So why wouldn't they have fun doing that? And yeah, I mean, when you're offered something like that and then imagine you probably get like a, a Taco Bell card that whenever you're on tour, you can hit any Taco Bell and probably get food, you know, if you do something like that. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I don't really, I don't really care. I just feel like, you know, it's just not, it, I would feel weird doing it, but I also do see the humor in it. I would feel weird doing it, but like, that might be why I do it. You know, that one, like, I think would be fun. And, and like, but I do think that, like, you know, it's okay if people, like, criticize stuff, right? Like, it is a silly thing. So, like, ride for the silliness, you know? Um, and I think that, like, Scowl, like, speaks for itself, right? Like, I've seen them three times, like, two times before they were bigger and one time, like, after they were pretty popular. And the two times that I saw them play before they were that popular, like, they opened shows. They played really hard. Like, it was impressive. Like if I were them and people were coming at them for some reason saying whatever the fuck I'd just say, like, come see us play. Like the proof's in the pudding, right? Like they're a good live band. They put out a good hardcore record, uh, that, that LP they did. Um, yeah. And that's it. Chris, yeah, you want to touch this? Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with, uh, what Zach was saying. I think it's a fun thing, you know? Uh, I don't know if I would do it just cause, uh, I don't know if the style of music that I like to, the style of hardcore that I like to play would really translate well, but uh, I do like Taco Bell. 
it's like pretty much the only fast food that I eat. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. like once a month, but there's something to, there's something to that too, right? Like, you know, generally like the hardcore that I'm like drawn towards, like there's no way like Taco Bell's touching it with a 10 foot pole, you mm-hmm. know? So like, I mean, it, again, whatever you want to do with your band, righteous, you know, I just, I hope that people are happy with the decisions they make, right? Like if you want to attach yourself to things that like, aren't you, you know, like my favorite thing about like punk and hardcore is like the, the DIY like culture associated with it. You know, it's like, it's why this podcast started, right? Like it started with me emailing someone saying like, Hey man, you should interview this guy, you know? And like when they don't respond, it's like, well, what do I do? Like, am I going to send another fucking email? Hey man, you should do this. No, you just do it yourself. Right? Like when I was doing bands and wanted a tour, like we didn't have an agent. We just booked the fucking tour. Like no one was going to do it for us. So we did it right. When there was no like shows in our town, we booked them, you know, like, that DIY spirit is like a thing that bonds me with like kids all across the country. Like, and it's why we like love when like these different regions like pop up, you know, like when Boise popped up and it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like there's a scene in Boise, like that fucking rips. It's why I loved the modern life is war guys so much. Right. Like they just started a scene like in the middle of the fucking country, you know, like that's the stuff that like really connects with me. And, uh, and I hope it still connects with people like, and I hope that never dies. Cause like, to me, like that's the, that's the heart of this thing, at least like in, in the lane that I love. So, all right, Dan, final thoughts before we move on. Um, hardcore will always be for me about the passion of the music, the connection of the friends and the sharing of ideas and, I will hopefully always have an element of that continuing on in my life. All right, let's jump right in. Uh, There is a new slant demo came out three songs Chris, I think you found this. You came across it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just saw someone like t- tweet about it and, and I was like, oh, I don't even know that that was there. <laughs> yeah. Jump Let right me in. go listen to it right now. <laughs> yeah. Jump right in on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Slant, a band that we all love. We've talked them on the pod before when their LP came out uh, last year, I think. 2021. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Um so two years ago now, but, uh, yeah, they got three new songs. They're all rippers. Uh, I have no context cause I don't think this band has social media or anything. Um, I have no context for what this is. is you know, is it just literally three s- songs that they wanted a demo? Is it a promo for something else that's coming up on an iron lung or what? I have no idea, but, um, super excited to hear this. They're all rippers. Uh, think the middle track dejected was my initial favorite, like the way the vocals come in over the feedback and then like into the palm mute riff over this like driving beat. Then the mutes open up, um, but it's all downstrum, like as fast as you can downstrum. It's like so punk sounding. Um, but the more that I listen to these three songs, the more stranger has really grown on me, uh, which is the third song. 
Like I think this song, the vocals have so much attitude. Um, the staccato riff on the part where it says, I'm not your friend, stranger. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is really cool. It's just, you I, know, go ahead. No, no, no I'm with you. I, to me, it, it gets better and better. And like mm-hmm. Criminal's a great song, right? It's just like Criminal's yeah. good, Dejected's better, and Stranger's even better. So yeah. like, it's so sick. I, I would just say like, Slant is their own worst enemy because like that LP they did in 2021 is like, I mean, it's like near perfect hardcore punk and like not just the songwriting, but like that production that is straight up for like 2021 hardcore punk. It is like perfect production. Like I wouldn't change a fucking thing. Yeah. So like agreed. That's the only thing is like these three songs, like they're following that. It's like, Oh, like what a brutal thing to follow. Like the songs themselves like hold up, but like, yeah, it's just, it is hard to follow up that record, dude. It's like really hard. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm kind of, I have to like do my best to like detach this from that. And then I can like love it. And I think like that might be why, I don't know, the second and third song, like I like more, you know, like Mm -hmm. the more I settle into it, the more I can appreciate it for like, okay, this is just great hardcore punk. Instead of like comparing to that LP, which is like a total disservice to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, you know, they call it demo 2023. And I mean, if this was just a new band that put out an EP, like I think the recording's good enough to be like, oh yeah, this rips without, um, you know, without any like caveats or anything. But it's a good point that like when you, when you, you put this up against the LP, it does sound uh, in comparison, like a demo you know, which it is. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. Right. I don't want to be unappreciative because I appreciate slant giving us three songs after waiting like two years. Right. Yeah. So like that's sick, but yeah, that that's all I say and whatever. And the logo is sick, dude, that snake for the S got to say that, uh, Dan, what do you think about this? Uh, I think this absolutely rips and criminal is my favorite song, Sick. but I really love all three. I really do. I listen to this a lot. I think this is on a par with the LP. Um, I really like how this is even honed a little bit more punk than the um, LP. Like this has got just a bit more like punk attitude, even though the LP was just ripping hardcore punk, you know? Um, I think because the guitar just has just an under even though it's still like totally ripping hardcore it has just a little bit of a 77 thing that has crept into it in a very subtle way um it's just so good it it's so good the vocals are awesome the um yeah chris chris uh nodded to that point where it goes i'm not your friend like that part's so good um I really, I really love it. I think the recording's fantastic. I th- everything about it's great. I cannot wait for more from this band. It does come off a little more punk than like the last one being more hardcore punk. I think like I think that the fast beat is just a tick slower. So like I think they're making a conscious decision to like not do like the super raging fast hardcore beat. Um, yeah, a little yeah, bit seventy seven creeping in. <laughs> it is. It's a little riffier in that way. The, the downstrumming riffing. Yeah. Chris, what were you going to say? 
No, I was just going to say, I, I noticed that as well. Like it's, it's a little bit less, you know, early eighties DC and, and yeah, there's, there's a little bit more punk in there a little bit. Uh, it's still, I mean, it's still, I don't know. I, I don't want to say fast cause there's some more mid tempo stuff, but like it's still roots hardcore, but um, it's got some punk vibes. hundred percent. Um, okay. Chris, can you introduce the next one? So actually Dan, you took French. Why don't you pronounce it? Oh, um, Rancour. Okay. And the record? Um, is, is the record, um, Lam and Pen? Yeah. Lam and Pen. Okay. See, better than me. Everyone, there's a playlist. Just go check it there. 185milesouth.com. Click uh, the playlist tab at the top of the page and you can check out the songs that we're talking about. Also, if you uh, do the Spotify thing, you can find us on there, 185 miles south. There's a playlist for every episode. Um, so we don't have to butcher these names, but Dan did a pretty good job there. And uh, yeah, what's your take on it, Dan? This thing is so sick. This is like if a band, well, uh, no, let's say this. This is like if 17 Seconds era The Cure grew up listening to Blitz and uh yeah well Blitz and and the Foreskins like this is like you know our favorite term here on the pod with the, with us three amigos or us uh <laughs> you know three friends is uh Froy for French yep. oi but this band describes themselves as cold oi and I think that is such a perfect term for this because it has that goth tinge to it, and um, but it's oi at the same time. And as the um, EP progresses, like so, the first song is very much like riffage of like that seventeen seconds era cure, but while still being excessively booped with the. Uh, the drumming and the vocals. But by the time you get to Deliverance, they're full on channeling, like, you know, both the Cure Blitz and Negative Approach all at once, <laughs> you know? So they're just ripping on that song. The the way the toms are just smashing, it's just so sick. Um, I really love this. Like, I'm so glad Chris uh, put this across the plate for us because this is just you know absolutely perfect um i really dig it what do you think dude it's so funny that you're saying that they're calling this cold oi and we're calling it yeah. froy because are you seeing how yeah flat. cold <laughs> it goes to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. How it goes to french let's see how yeah yeah so instead of Froy, it's Froy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> this is great, dude. I mean, it, it was funnier when I read it, right? And I didn't know how you pronounced it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's Freud? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is killer. The first song, uh, it sets the vibe, right? It's like full, like, what's up? We love Joy Division. All right, then. Um, it's cool. Like, again, it's a vibe setter, but like... Dude, the second song, when they go up-tempo with it, that is special, right? It's like up-tempo punk with like this dark vibe. 
Like it's so sick. And like, you know, the, the things that I think about punk with like the dark vibe would be like, you know, TSOL or some of the uh, agent orange songs, shit like that. It doesn't sound like either. So it's like their, their own like thing they're doing here. It's super sick. Um, also like the fourth song when they just go fast, like that's something it was like, damn, this is a, uh, an interesting sound here, but really cool. And like, they drop into like, again, the up-tempo mid-tempo. This thing's great, dude. Four song demo sounds totally unique. Recording's great. The vibe's great. It's like the perfect amount of music to like grab your attention, but not wear you out. Um, I think people are going to love this and, and yeah, like this is, they can't avoid it, dude. Cold oi. Nah, bro. You're, you're Froy and we love you for it. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? Froy. That's right. Um, first off, if you go to Spotify looking for this band, you may notice that the Rancor Seven Inch is finally on Spotify. So, uh, big thanks to Zach for doing the good work of pestering, pestering Sean Youngblood until he finally gave in and got that up on there. And shout out to Sean for doing the good work. Yeah, and not to interrupt Chris, but like shout out Sean Youngblood for getting the Rancor Seven Inch up there and. And respect on hopefully by the time this airs, the life's halt seven inches up. Uh, dude, young blood rules. And so we love you. We just want everyone to know that like your early catalog ripped too. So that's it. Uh, when we were pestering you, it's all like good spirit. And I think he takes it that way now. For sure. Leaving us off the memories of tomorrow comp and control. <laughs> unforgiven. Uh, and uh, crucial response records. Unforgiven. Shame. All right, Chris, what's your take on this? <laughs> All right. So if you go listen to the Rancor Youngblood Records, uh, seven inch, and you just throw a, a E and a U before the R at the end, you're going to have, you're going to find this band. Um, this is a band that Matt, uh, my friend Matt from, from this area who does the village hardcore shows with me, um, and Dennis and his wife, uh, Matt's wife, Krista, Matt hit me to this, uh, this band a couple months ago and I started following them on Instagram and saw that they had a new record coming out, which was this one. So been really looking forward to it and yeah, it does not disappoint. It's, it's super gloomy as, as they both said. Um, I think it's even more moody. Like we've talked, uh, prisoner of time is the translation. Uh, but, uh, that side project band from syndrome 81 dudes, is super moody. This is even more moody. Like this, like turns it up to 11. Um, I do agree with, with Zach that my favorite tracks are the second and fourth. Um, I'm, how am I going to, the imposter and then whatever, uh, wa Perry at Mori. Um, that means see Paris and die. Awesome. Um, those are my favorite tracks. I think my only criticism of this record is, is the, um, sequencing and I, you know, it's, it's all choice. Like Zach said, the first song sets like the perfect vibe, but I feel like if they would have led off with, uh, or maybe just like moving, uh, Leon Poster to the middle somewhere instead of it being, the last track so that you have that like driving tempo in there just to kind of break it up a little bit. Um, anyways, super minor nitpick. Uh, like all these, all four of these songs are sick. 
Um, it's just really, really moody. Like if I had to just describe this band in, in one word, it would be vibes. Cause it's just super moody. It's like the kind of thing that, you know, it, it does give off a cold vibe, you know, it, it, you know, I, I just picture like, I don't know, like mods and trench coats, you know, in like a rainy alley or something like that. Um, so yeah, I really like this a lot and super psyched to see like where this band, you know, continues to take it. <laughs> yeah. Chris, the, the, I love that take. Like you call it out, like it's a tiny nitpick, like <laughs> complaining about the sequencing on a four song demo like that. <laughs> that is like the tiniest nitpick you can do. <laughs> totally. Dan, sorry. Go ahead. It's like so when Joy Division were a band for a, for a weird uh, period of time, they would have like a skinhead following that would come to their shows and cause trouble and get in fights and smash things up. And maybe they weren't there necessarily to listen to Joy Division that much; they were just there to cause trouble. Who knows? But it's like this band is the descendants of those people that were at that show. Cause it's like, there's so much like just pure oi in this, but there is that darkness and it is so good. And this band is not from Brest where all the other Freud that we love is coming from. They're from the other side of the country, like in the, so Brest is in the Northwest, I believe. Dan, and don't tell no. me. Are, are they from Booty? What? Are oh. they from Booty? <laughs> no, they're from Nancy. Mm-hmm. Spelled Nancy, but pronounced Nancy. And um yeah, I'm I I love this thing and um we gotta we gotta move to France and then take mess with us and then we'll just have like the best time. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do, guys, don't call them Freud Division. Just don't call them Freud Division. They hate it. Uh, shout out to it. Krista's husband, Matt, for uh, this recommendation. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go on to Alienator. They put out an EP called World of Hate. Chris, I think you wanted to talk this. What do you? How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I love this. Um, this was one that I learned about from No Echo. So. Again, big shout out to No Echo. Like Carlos is super sick and does a lot of awesome things for hardcore. So want to just give him the shout out for, for hipping me to this. Um, and this is a Portland band. So uh, shame on me for not knowing about them before uh, someone else from California told me about them. But uh, yeah, this is members or a member of Reek Minds, which is another killer Port- Portland band. Um, a friend of mine named Jacob put it really well when he said like this combines, he said, this combines all my favorite things about hardcore punk and metal between 83 and 87. Um, which I think is a good way of putting it to me, like to my ear doesn't necessarily follow this formula exactly, but I think it vibes like agnostic front, like, there's, there's certainly elements of the sound. They certainly do some of their own thing, but like the attitude and the approach, it, it lands somewhere between victim and pain and cause for alarm, certainly closer to the victim. Um, like some of the cause for alarms, like starting to creep in there um, with like some of the speed picking. Um, 
but you know, you, I don't think you can really accuse it of being crossover. It's like way too dirty and great grimy sounding for that. It's just blazing fast, hardcore with hard traditional breakdowns. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do have to add, give credit to Ben for this one. Ben Badge made a funny comment, uh, about the cover art, which is awesome. It, it fits. Um, his comment was something like, wait, there's no brick wall in the background. Oh wait, it's in the foreground, um, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so shout out for, to Bedge for being clever as well as being the be- uh, smartest man on the pod. Uh, yeah, I love this band. Uh, I've seen pictures of them live. They look super sick. I hope you know I get a chance to see them because uh, this, I keep calling it a demo. It's an EP because they had a demo out before this, but uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, you shouted out No Echo, Chris. I just want to put it on record. I am a patron of No Echo, so support that. Um, yeah. Okay, this record, I heard this first. Uh, Axe to Grind played the song World of Hate. Like, I think bands, I don't know, whatever. It was on there, and the song World of Hate, I thought it was terrible. And, like, when they played it, I was like, fuck, that's, like, unfortunate that someone, like, paid to put this song out there like oof it's like so on the nose like i don't know the lyrics are just fucking terrible and it just it seems like so campy and bad i was like damn dude like this is some like where fear and weapons meet shit like this might be the thing to like break the hardcore bubble you know like fuck um and so like when chris mentioned he wanted to like do this i was like hmm all right, let me give it a shot. And like, I'm really glad he did because the other three songs I think are spectacular, like spectacular, spectacular. Like if they hacked that song off the record, like that campy ass song, like this is like three out of three, like banger, banger tracks. And Chris, what you were describing it as like kind of somewhere between the first and second AFLPs, that's actually like a really good way of explaining this. Um, but maybe with like some wilder vocals, but you're right because it does have a little bit of like the crossover vibe, but it doesn't go into like the heavy metal tightness. It's like definitely more punk. And also like, dude, I could sing the praises about this thing for like a long time. Like there's so much good about it. Like the tone of the guitar. That's another thing that's like holding it back from like being crossover. Like the tone is like really not that distorted, which is sick and gives it like a real punk vibe. Also like the drumming is spectacular. And then the singer's voice is just awesome when he like goes for it and just like gets mumbly and shit. Like you can't understand him at all. And like, I'm here for it. Right. Like maybe all his lyrics are as bad as the world of hate lyrics, you know, but I can't understand him on the other three songs. So like it gets a pass, you know? But uh, his voice is so sick, and this thing's so sick. And sorry, I didn't have anything nice to say about the bass player. I'm sure he's a cool dude. But uh, yeah, I think this rips. Uh, one, two, and four are like some of the best songs of this year. Uh, hardcore punk songs of the year, in my opinion. And I'm glad. I mean, like this kind of not to wax poetic again. We we are pretty long winded on the intro, like. But when we're talking about like the state of hardcore and like how we connect to it now and how we connected to it before. Like this is a great example, right? Like hardcore, like before 
the accessibility of like high speed internet and streaming and so forth. Like you'd have to take chances on buying records and sometimes you'd buy something and it was not good. And like that really sucked. Like it could ruin your week, but like that week you'd like try to find nooks and crannies of that record that you liked. So it was like that purchase was worth it. Right. And like now there's so much shit like out there that like you literally are kind of looking for excuses to not like something because there's not enough time in the day to like everything that's at your fingertips. Right. So like, this is a perfect example of like something in 2023. I heard the first song. I hated it. And like, I would have never gone back to it. Right. But a friend said like, Hey, this has merit. You got to check this out. And I'm really glad Chris brought this up because again, I think these other three songs are like three of the best songs of the year. So I think that like there's something to be learned from that. Like maybe not dismiss everything like out the gate, like I did, you know, um, cause something rad can be there. Dan, what do you think about this? World of hate, violence fade. World of hate, violence fade. <laughs> World of hate, violence fade. World of hate, violence fade. Um, I like this a lot. Now, the AF comparison is very uh, poignant. little bit of breakdown as well. Um, and But... Chris told me earlier that they're from Portland and I can very much hear the Portland in this as well. It's got that just, just that grittiness that sometimes comes out of Portland, like the, the noisy, uh, extra noisy on the guitars and, and bass. Um, but this is really good. Like, I mean, I, I won't go on too long about it because you've both said, really good things, uh, really good descriptors about it, but it is in essence, angry as fuck, hardcore punk that has all the right formula for like making you want to move. Like the, when the breakdowns are well-crafted, the songs are definitely not too long. They are really succinct and it's just, it's just a chef's kiss hardcore punk. This is a fucking great, uh, hopefully seven inch at some point. Um, cause this artwork needs to be in a, on a seven inch in my collection because I love the artwork. <laughs> the thing that's really funny on it is it's, you know, got the, the cool, like 1980s horror, but it, it's all like hand drawn, like an old, like NYHC flyer or, old myhc seven inch cover like urban waste or something like that um but it's got the like 80s style video um logo for the band which but hand drawn which is awesome it's got the moshing skinhead kicking someone in the head it's got the leather jacket man hiding behind the brick wall but the most random part is it's got a tiny little bit of graph paper underneath the the moshing skinhead mugger person, which is so funny. It like totally throws back to like, this was drawn in, in third period in between classes or something. Yeah. I really love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to the artist fetal brain. Sick. Um, I, sorry. Oh yeah. Real quick. This was a seven inch. It sold out, Dan. They only pressed 300 copies. It's on convulse. So uh, they'll probably give you a second press, hopefully. There's there's one on Discogs right now if you want to order it from K 
Canada. <laughs> Be about yeah, twenty six dollars okay. with shipping. Hey, Oof. this artwork's so good that I I might do it. Dude, if they can just put out another EP like soon and put them both on a 12 inch and keep this art <laughs> like that'd be sick you know um okay killer dan let's go on to the next one uh you wanted to talk this the band the crocodiles put out an lp called upside down in heaven and uh you love this thing oh yeah this is power pop majesty um crocodiles are a band from san diego that have been going for a long time um it's Chuck, who has done many, many bands, but uh, has been in Some Girls and Ground Unicorn Horn, a few other notables, and then Brandon, who was in uh, The Plot to Blow Up the Eiffel Tower. Um, But they've been doing Crocodiles for a long time, and they have so many good records. But this one, when I heard this, I was like, oh my God, this is like power pop perfection. it's, I mean, some of the songs on this and some of the catchiness is just incredible. The opening song, Love Beyond the Grave, I love the attitude to it. It's just so good. I love um, the staccato, like, negative space of I've become what I fear most. That song will get in your head and be an earworm for days. Um, and then the title track, Upside Down in Heaven, um, well, the Degeneration song that comes before it is so catchy as well, but the song Upside Down in Heaven, oh my God, it's like a masterpiece. So good. I also love the last song, Rock and Roll Graveyard. Um, I love the lyrical nod, Forever Walk Alone. I hope that is a undercover Liverpool diss for instead of You'll Never Walk Alone, it's Forever Walk Alone. I don't know. Chuck's a Man United fan, so it could well be. Um, I really, I really love this record. It it came out a few months ago, but um, when we were talking about things that we wanted to talk about, and as Zach has stated at the beginning of of the pod, like we love to talk about things that we think have merit and deserve to be talked about. So, if this isn't as timely as it is, hopefully, uh, you know, some of the listeners out there haven't heard this and and discover it and find that it is just this amazing record that it is it was recorded with the uh recorded with and produced like co-produced with the band uh by the drummer of reeks in france um and so that adds just um you can hear that like you know what a good collaboration like for someone to capture this sound really well for them. Um, it, it just is really good. And I think the artwork is awesome too. It's just, uh, you know, lots of demons and, you know, being upside down in heaven, really. Um, what do you guys think? I was torn on this. So I, I love the first song, love beyond the grave. I think it's great. I mean, I love that up-tempo, mid-tempo with like, yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Fast, down-strummed punk, right? It's great. And these are like nice-sounding chords and so forth. Um, and then like it – and also I want to say I, I love the song Surfing with Death. I think that's a great song as well. Um, that's at the end of the record. And then Rock and Roll Graveyard I enjoy. 
kind of like is that i don't know it's almost like are we falling off into rockabilly here um but like you know with the vibe i don't know like some of this i i'm conflicted because like it's a little too bubblegum for me like i don't know i don't love power pop um but then like i love some of like the ramones right and some of this like i'm listening to it and it's like god it's so ramones like like think about that second song deadbeat right like yeah it's like uh 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 or whatever whatever he's doing like he does it really well and like it's sick and like i i think that if the ramones were doing i'd like it and like i don't know it just misses me on this like i don't I don't know. I think that like the vocals are just a little too soft and nice for me to love. Like it's just, it's, it's falling into the power punk power pop lane instead of the punk lane for me. And, and it's just not what I love. Although like sometimes like they hit right. Like that love beyond the grave song is great. Surfing with death is great. And, and I'll check out upside down in heaven again, Dan, since you're calling that one out as your favorite, but the middle oh, of this. Oh God. <laughs> okay. I'll check it again. This, the middle of it like loses me just cause like, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't have an edge to it that like I need, like I like, I dislike a little bit of dirtiness and, and is there a bit in like the lyrics, like the lyrics are a little dirty, but like just, I don't know. The singing's just too clean for me. Um, I don't know. Chris, what do you think about this? Uh, I, I like it actually. Um, you know what Zach was saying earlier about this being the era with streaming of hearing something once and then moving on. Um, you know, the first time I listened to this was, uh, you know, to get ready for this podcast. And, um, you know, I went back to it because it was homework. Like at first listen, I was like, Oh yeah, this is cool. Um, but I don't know if I'd necessarily like listen to it again if I didn't have to, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that said, uh, you know, the more I listened to it, the more it grew on me. It's super catchy. Um, you know, I found myself having this playlist on, on the back in the background. And like when these songs came on, you know, getting really excited and, um, at, at them growing on me and, and becoming more familiar. So yeah, I don't know. I like it. Uh, the recording, like the production choices, I can't decide if I like them or dislike them. Like, like some of it's a little bit dirty, like, and, and it keeps it like, that's one of the things I think that keeps it more in the punk lane, even though it's, it's super like bubble gummy. Um, so part of me wonders if going full in on, on like clean, clean production and, and, um, just having it sound a little bit different might make it better or if it'd make it not nearly as good. Cause it doesn't have that rawness um, if that makes sense, but I don't know. I do, I do like this and, and certainly um, the Ramones thing, something that stood out to me a lot. Uh, I certainly think there's like some surf vibes in there. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, and also like, it's pretty sick. I think one of the first singles they put out was called fuck Joe Arpaio, which is ill. Like we can all agree. Fuck that guy straight up. Um, dude, I forgot I about him, dude. I mean, I wish we'd forget about him and he was six <laughs> feet under, you know what I mean? But like yeah. supreme piece of shit. And like, that's ill. Like I, cause I think they put out like an instrumental track 
and it was called that. And it's like, that's so sick, dude, to have a song with no lyrics and fuck it. Like, let's just call it Fuck Joe Arpaio. <laughs> like, okay. I love that. that. That's pretty fucking punk. Um, yeah, this is a great choice, Dan. Cuts up the playlist. And like, even on a record that I don't love, like, there are a couple like hot tracks that stood out to me. So great recommendation. Um, okay, let's jump out to the last thing. Cause you know, had to hit you with some hard style uh, before we move on to some older shit. And uh, dude, Scarab. Now they're five for five. They put out a new single. The song is called Squeeze. You know we had to talk it. This thing bangs. Dan, this came across you first. What do you think about it? <laughs> okay, take note, everyone out there that is into the hard style. If you want to be a band that plays hard as fuck hardcore, listen to this and realize someone has got it so right. <laughs> what is so sick about this is it. the recording is amazing on this. The uh, guttural initial like vocal like just lets you know where you're gonna be but then there's this really low vocal like it's almost like and then the main vocal comes in over the top of it it's such a rad little production choice that i really dig and then this is fast aggressive mean the vocals are hard as shit and the lyrics are talking about squeezing the life out of (laughs) shit um it's really hard, but then it gets to the end of the song, uh, to the end, like build into a break. And then this break, like what other bands in this genre would do, they would do this kind of thing. And it would be like the, the breakdown of this kind of guitar riff would then go into a sludge version further into that. What this does is it uses the negative space, and this is a really hard, like, beat-down riff, but it has bounce to it at the same time. It has this innate, like, just head bob to this really hard breakdown, which there's not many bands out there that could capture this both being bounce and complete devastating beat-down riff at the same time, and that's why this is special. This is super special because of that. And then it it repeats the riff almost almost like the, you know, I don't care, unbroken riff. Like it, it doesn't do it as long as that, but it does just repeat the riff without it being uh, changing that much, just slightly different percussive parts on the cymbals. Yes, you can tell I listened to this song like, 25 times today (laughs) and i have so um yeah this is an absolute banger and i cannot wait to see what this is the little tastemaker for because we're about to be blessed with a really fucking great record yeah um that riff at the end is definitely a sepultura riff um and so like (laughs) we if we're talking all like this big picture hardcore shit today, like let's, I want to touch on that a little bit too. Cause why not fuck it? Right. Um, the art of lifting a riff. Um, I think it's sick. I've always been on board with lifting riffs. I think it's fucking cool. Um, there's a couple like angles to it. You know, one is like 
it's an Easter egg kind of in a way, like you're pay, you're paying tribute to something like pulling it and playing it in your own style. Um, that's sick. So like, you know, some people will recognize it and some people won't. Right. Um, the other like thing well, is I didn't, <laughs> I know. Well, that's a perfect example, right? Like, so they can pluck something that's like so close to the original and like a lot of people don't know. Right. Like that's okay. That's cool. So like they can take something and make it their own. Right. Um, the other angle of it, I think is like kind of like the idea of like, a like mixtapes and rap, you know, where it's like you take a little section of like someone's song and like make it your own in that way. Like you're plucking something and pulling it for yourself. Like, and I think that is sick too. So, uh, but yeah, it was a simple to riff. Um, this song is so perfect though. Um, the way it starts fast with that roar and then into like the bounce with just the bass, um, that bringing it all in with the vocals, then going fast. And then like that big mosh at the end, fucking perfect, dude. They're straight five for five. Like that demo, uh, that came out on seven inch, like fucking a dude. Like, I mean, we could pretty much call it like demo of the year right now. Right. Like it's so good. And then like, here you go. Like, follow up with like maybe their best song like okay yeah i was gonna say this is even better yeah it's like it's it's so sick dude like i love it this is like my favorite style of like modern hardcore and so like it's just fucking great dude like i don't know for modern hardcore like i don't know if anyone's gonna touch like side a of that never ending game lp anytime soon like that's like the greatest fucking thing um like in the last like 10 years, you know, in my opinion, but like, God damn dude, the scare might give them a run for their money. Like, we'll see if they do six songs or more, if they can bang that hard, like fucking a, they got a shot. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? There was, uh, some silly, silly internet, uh, discourse about this band and like nepotism that I, I don't want to get into because it's so silly but uh, you know about them getting on this is hardcore and being a new band and not deserving to be it's so dumb because like it's just the antithesis of, of everything in hardcore but i digress this i i bring that up because this is a really good new band like this band is so freaking good and this is just another track of pure gold from this band fast intro funky drum break with feedback and then dan touched on this but like what that the vocal thing the the vocal production effect on the song that what i think it is is the first two syllables of the vocals are like repeated and fed or and um faded in to like those vocals actually starting the next line and it sounds so sick. Um, and then it's, you know, goes into like blazing fast. It, it, the, the first, sorry, the first part with like the vocals after that weird effect is, is kind of like a false verse. It's almost like an intro. Um, Cause then I think what is the actual verse is like this blazing fast part um, at about 48 seconds for all the timestamp nerds out there. Uh, and then the chorus, strangulation, squeeze, strangulation, then back into the fast verse. Um, cool vocal part over the bridge, the breakdown. I don't know what he's saying, but uh, 
when I listen to it a few times, probably figure it out. Um, feels like that's going to be a good sing along part. And then <laughs> you guys kind of ruined uh, the the joke here, but uh, where <laughs> I wrote where the mosh part should be, they opt instead to just go into a straight up fight part, like just violence. This breakdown is hard. Um, and then they just end the song with a few mutes. Everyone in the room is dead. RIP. <laughs> probably, I mean, lifted or not, certainly a uh, front runner for me for breakdown of the year. Yeah, Same. I respect it. I respect it. It's so good. So good. Um, okay. Hell yeah. And dude, if we're talking all topics hardcore, that fucking scarab nepotism thing for this is hardcore is like one of the fucking funniest internet things I've seen. <laughs> right. It's like, what do you know? Like when you're in the hardcore scene and you go to shows and you're in bands and shit and you do a new band, like people take you seriously. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck? Yeah. When you what? support you- the scene, the scene supports you. Go figure. What? 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 That, well, oh, also, that was so funny. You put out songs that are this good. People want to see you. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is like some shit where if your band is from some podunk town in North Dakota and you come like with a demo that hard, like you can probably slide your way onto anything, right? Like <laughs> people just don't do it this well, straight up. So it is what it is. All right. Shout out podunk North Carolina. <laughs> Side A versus Side B. All right. Side A versus Side B on one of the greatest hardcore seven inches of all time. We're talking Chain of Strength, the True Till Death seven inch. Side A versus Side B. Dan, where are you going? <laughs> Jesus. So um, there's a song on Side B that has pretty much maybe my favorite what would be under the you know the banner of youth crew favorite part ever so the song never understand at about for the time stamp nerds at one minute 14 i believe till 150 it um goes from being like the best i mean Old school people would call it like a skank part, but I don't know. It's like a upbeat breakdown. I don't know. It's it's just such a sick part. Dude, let's talk and, it, Dan. It's like it's like a part where like three dudes are gonna try to like fucking two step and they're just gonna get fucking slammed. Like <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, it's like the circle pit from hell. Like it's like that f- perfect tempo, right? Where yeah. it's like it's just one tick too fast, like mosh to. And so people are just going to get buck and like, that's it. And they're just like the, the two steppers can get swallowed by like some Southern California chaos. That's right. And it, yeah, exactly. What would be termed a skank part back in the day, you know, cause you would have like a couple, you know, circle jerk looking dudes just getting like epically just wall of death. Um, <laughs> it's, that part is just magical because the bass do 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 like it's just incredible. But the 
just how much True Till Death. I mean, I I would say Side B gets let down by Best of Times, which is an incredible song, but it is the one I would miss out of the six songs the least. Um, just how much like the way that it, it just the way that the song is not structured in a way that like many hardcore songs have ever been structured like that before, like using the, this hard, like it's not youth crew toms. It's like hard, like stomp Tom beat. And the way his vocals just elongate over those parts is just incredible. And I mean, listen to this again. I obviously I love chain. I absolutely love chain listening to this again. Like the more and more, like, especially because I've got like AirPods and I was doing lots of walking while, you know, marinating on all of these things that we're putting up for discussion today and just hearing it with the clarity of airpods in your ear while supposed to be walking through a cemetery but i'm like borderline two-stepping before i get wiped out by the ghosts um curtis's vocals are untouchable you know, the only one who's done it better besides, you know, this is a non-minor threat discussion. <laughs> the only one who's better is Jules. Like, these vocals are so top-notch. <laughs> they are so top-notch. And the way that the backups are not epically recorded makes it so much better. It adds just to the power of the lead vocal. Um, fucking hell! This is an amazing seven inch, but I'm going side A or side one X. I think that uh, the Jules comparison is not the best. I think that like they're like kind of like apples and oranges. I think the comparison well, I'm not would comparing be comparing him. I'm just saying Jules is the only one who's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for that belting it out is Zach De La Roca, right? Like that's like oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the similar the similar voice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever you like more, like that's cool. Um, it's hard. This one's hard. Like Dan called out, like the breakdown. I never understand all time, you know. And maybe the best chain of strength breakdown letdown, you know. Like, goddamn. Um, but I'm with him. Like best of times, I could straight up lose that song. It's the one chain of strength song I can I can just straight up lose. Um, which is, I don't know. It's still pretty good. But like the other five are fucking flawless. Like this is like in my lane for what I like out of hardcore. This is like straight up as good as it gets. Like these five songs, like it's like top of the food chain. And like the burn seven inches, like the only thing that can like take it like one little tick, like beyond. Right. But even like them, like they could, they just, you know, they couldn't maintain it. Right. Like chain of strength came back and did another seven inch. that was like, just as good, which is fucking wild. Um, okay, if I got to pick apart 
Well, first of all, we should say this is side A or side B. It's not like we have to lose one. <laughs> one doesn't have to go. <laughs> so, like, we're just saying what one's better. Thank God I'm taking side A. But, like, thank God I don't have to lose side B because, like, I can't live in a world without never understanding the letdown. Um, true till death. And uh, there is a difference. Like, God damn, those songs are perfect. And just how much, like, musically, it's, like, perfect, too. Um, although I will say that, like, the verse lyrics like have always bothered me, you know, like the first verse, like the, Hey, listen up. I've got something to say. I want to talk about something that means a fucking lot to me. It's like, dude, get to it. You fucking pig. Like, no, I, love it. Doing, like I love that, dude, you're, you're spending four fucking lines, like saying like what you're going to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm listening up. I, yeah. I'm listening. I'm like, okay, get to it, dude. Like straight up, like drop the donut fool and like get to like your point, you know, the fuck it's a whole verse. Like saying like what he's going to tell you. It's like, just tell me, dude, come on, come on. Hey, <laughs> verbose, verbose singers matter. <laughs> but like, dude, you're right. Like that breakdown part, like it's not youth crew toms. It's like rhythmic. Like, and like anyone else that's not Chris Bratton, like that part is sounding fucking boring, but you got a caveman on the drums. Like this is some of the greatest hardcore drumming of all time. And then like, yeah. And that's like not even talking about true till death. Right. Like, which is like, you know, if we're talking about like mid tempo bangers to end mid tempo bangers is true till death and protested and survive. Right. Like straight up the two best hardcore mid tempo bangers of all time. Um, yeah, I'm side a Chris. What's your take? Can you imagine how different this would be with a different drummer? Like, yeah, you put another great drummer on here. It's not going to be as good. Like, nope. you know, just like that. The flavor that he puts on this makes this band. All right. I guess, uh, <laughs> I got to stop pulling my, Hey, listen up. I got a, I got a lot to say. <laughs> I want to talk about which side I like better. Let's get to it. I'm going to say side A too. Uh, make it unanimous. I just, this, this seven inch is amazing. Uh, disclaimer. This is a safe space. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard the original seven inch recording in my life. So all Hell thoughts, yeah. opinions are based on the tracks as they appear on the one thing that still holds true. Thank you, Rev, for reissuing that. Yep. Um, just how much, what a glorious betrayal song. The bridge, when he's like, it hurts so bad every time I see that shit. Dude, that part is so sick. Uh, true. Dude, true to death, the obvious standout. It's the track that is chained to this band. Uh, you know, when Rain on the Parade said three chords, that's all I need. Chain said three. We got you in two. We have one of the best songs ever written. We're going to use two chords. Yep. Uh, um, track three is an interesting one. Um, there is a difference. Kind of flips the finger of blame on himself. Um, you know, I should have known. I should have tried. I should have cared. Like for a band whose lyrics are fairly adolescent 
and I say that with love, not criticism, like they're perfectly adolescent. Um, this, this song, the lyrics are pretty mature. Uh, so it stands out for sure. Uh, side B, I mean, the buildup, you never understand. And then bust into that fast part. You've turned into something. I'll never understand. Holy smokes. That goosebumps, right? Like that's probably the biggest goosebump moment on the seven inch. Um, that has yeah. a ton of them. And that riff is so sick. Um, and then the next riff on this track is really cool too, with like a similar progression, but it has like the muted triplet with like a half break. And then getting back to talking about lifting lines, the lifted youth of today baseline. So yep. ill. Yep. Uh, let down is an interesting song because it's, it's good. It's a great song. It's less epic than chain of strength. Um, is known for like it's it's a blazer right and and maybe not as dark like it lacks some of that darkness um in the chord progressions uh that chain of strength is also known for um but i think not having this song on the seven inch would make it a a weaker seven inch because uh, just like what it does and where it goes um best of times agree not the best of song but it's still sick. And like the Tom work again, shout out to Chris, the Tom work over the ring outs at the beginning uh, are like patented chain of strength and they're super dope. Uh, yeah. Side a, but uh, yeah, we got the discog discography that has this. It's got the next seven inch, which I think is even better. And it's got that super special uh, surprise extra track. Can I, can I just say one thing? about this the way um you know zach said the mid-tempo banger to end all mid-tempo bangers just think about the clever way the song true till death is constructed like you said it was you know just the way the vocals like the cadence is like just immaculate and then to go full circle on what we were talking about at the very beginning of the pod i was just thinking about the song while we were like talking it's like the part where it's to you, it was just music, but to us, it was so much more, you know, says it all. Yep. Score one in the column. And that's a song about hardcore, not straight edge. What's up? <laughs> um, dude, Chris, you calling out the lyrics on there is a difference. Like you're so right, dude. That song is, that might be the best chance rate song. Like, I think that's the one I chose for, uh, when we did 89, I'd have to go look, but like, I don't know. Like, it's not like the one I think of when I think of the chain of strength discography, but like when I'm listening to like everything, I'm like, God damn, like that song, like, cause it doesn't have like a mosh part, right? It just, it has like that big sing along and it like, it just so special and works. And like, yeah, those lyrics, it's kind of like GB esque in a way. Um, I love it. And also I want to talk while, while we're in like, we're talking all these big topics on the pod this time around, instead of just talking about whatevs. Um, dude, I love you coming out and saying that like, you never heard the original seven inches because like, this is like some of the earliest hardcore I ever got into. Like Todd got like that, the rev CD with the both seven inches plus impact, like when we were pretty young. And like, this is one of my favorite things of all time. Like, 
And like, that's what I heard forever. Like I never heard the original seven inches until like whatever, since like in like the blog spot era, right? Like I downloaded them finally. So like I'd been listening to this for, I don't know, 10 years by the time, like I finally heard the originals and like during those whole 10 years, like every motherfucker had to like, be like, dude, like they ruined it. They ruined it on the CD. They ruined it. And it's like, I don't know, bro. I fucking love hardcore. And like, that's straight up some of the best hardcore I've ever heard in my life. Like, shut the fuck up. Like you're so wrong. Right. Like, and now like I, I have this seven inch. I don't have the other one. I've been listening to those recordings like for, I don't know, 15 years. Like they're fine. And like, I don't really feel one way or the other. Like the songs are fucking great. And like, it doesn't matter if you have the originals or, or not on this stuff. Like, but yeah, I'm so glad you called that out because like, that's been like one of the biggest, like limp dick arguments that I've like heard my whole fucking life. And like, I just want people to shut the fuck up on that one. So, uh, yeah. The fight lasts for hours. Each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. All right, we are going head to head. We are putting two classic 87 inches against each other. It's raped ass versus victims of a bomb raid. Both by the band out of Sweden, Anti Simex. Korkade feta amerikaner som inte kan uttala ett skiträtt någonsin. The fuck? Staffan, is that you? What do you say? Yeah, it's me, Staffan. I just said retaliate is the best in Swedish. That's all. All right, on. Okay, buddy, I'm going to help you out. Try after me. Anti Simex. Anti Simex. Anti Simex. Anti-C-Mix. Come on, man. You can do so much better than that. Anti-C-Mix. Try it just one more time. Anti-C-Mix. Good job, dude. You pretty much nailed it. Way to go, dude. All right. So this is the second uh, and the third Seven Inches by the great band Anti-C-Mix. Uh, the first one is... Uh, they put out so they put out a seven inch in eighty two uh, that is like pretty raging hardcore punk and it's eighty two it's fucking early but it's kind of I don't know it's good but like it doesn't compare to these two like these two are like the ones that are like the discharge-y ones and like in my opinion other than discharge like especially at this time like they're doing it the best right so rape ass comes out in eighty three victims of a bomb raid comes out in eighty four. Uh, going head to head, Dan, what do you think? Tough. Okay, so it breaks down for me that "Victims of a Bomb Raid" is the best song out of them all, and I fucking love it. And it possibly, well, not possibly, the "Victims of a Bomb Raid" seven inch has a better recording than the "Raped Ass" seven inch, but. Raped Ass has the YOLO discharge thing going. It is shredding, like, um, on When the Innocent Die and War Machine. 
the riffage is just unreal and war machine is such such a ripping song um they are both like if if you love you know that db thing and there's you know everyone who does love db is like yeah duh i know anti-cmx um <laughs> You like that punk thing? Ever heard of Black Flag? Yeah, exactly. They're like, duh. But what I'm saying here is like it it doesn't get much better in this lane, you know? And um the the uh lyrics and you know the Reggie, can you chill please? I know you're pissed that the first seven inch isn't being discussed. He's so mad. Um I'm going to go with uh, Raped. <laughs> God, that sounds so... I'm going to go with Raped Ass as my choice. Um, just slightly ahead, but like I say, the song Victims of a Bomb Raid is the best one out of the of the entire bunch, but this is just absolutely raging, ripping hardcore. You know, respect to Oestershun, respect to Stockholm, respect to... Gothenburg, respect to Sweden. Yeah, this is. I, I wanted to do this one because um, these seven inches rule, and this is not my lane at all. Like I'm, like I say on the pod all the time, I'm a poser of all genres. You know, like any sort of subgenre. Um, and here's one where I'm a total poser. Like I love Discharge, and I love the raped ass seven inch. And to be honest with you guys, I never really even fucked with the other ones until like a couple years ago. Like I just thought, okay, I love discharge. And other than that, I like anti CMX raped ass. You know what I mean? Like that's my D beat lane until like the Japanese stuff, you know? Um, and listening to these two seven inches, like head to head, it's very interesting, right? So raped ass comes first 83 and it is like the one that sounds the wildest, right? It's got like the, buzz saw guitars and the really like noisy drums. It's like the, the genre defining record because of like the sonicness of the record, like, you know, the, the sound of the record. It's like, we talk about the fifth member, right? The recording, the early eighties shit. And like, this is like early eighties in the stuff that's like not as pleasing to my ear, like that wild shit. Um, you know, when I listen to like the first two minor threats, seven inches, those are like, that's the perfect recording like to my ears, you know what I mean? And this is like, is noisy and wild and like, it's so sick. Um, and so like victims of a bomb raid, it sounds wild to like be arguing that anti CMX victims of a bomb raid is fucking clean, but like <laughs> it does sound clean coming off of like the raped ass seven inch. Like, Everything is it's like it's a really good recording, dude. You can hear everything, but it still sounds raw. And like probably my two favorite anti-CMX songs until like uh Scandinavian Jawbreaker, which is probably my favorite, um, which is in the 90s, um are like Victims of Bomb Raid and Set Me Free. Um those two songs, especially back to back, is like my favorite shit. But and it's like it's wild because my favorite. So, okay. If those are my two favorite songs of like this catalog of two, seven inches, I got to say my favorite moment is that solo at the end of when the innocent die. Yeah. Like that shit 
is like wild. Maybe one of my favorite things ever. Like it's straight up bumped. Okay, so my favorite punk guitar solos of all time. Number one, the wipers don't know who I am, right? That song, that lead is like my favorite by far. And always my number two has been Misfits 138, right? Like that lead is so fucking stupid that it's like the greatest thing in the world. And then like, but this is just like listening to it today, like a bunch of times. And like this past week, it's just like, you know, cause you start honing in on your favorite shit. Right. And I'm like, okay, dude, I can pretty confidently say victims of bomb raid in the set me free are my favorite like moments of these two seven inches. But like, God damn, it's like I got hit by the laser at the blue Easter cult show. Like when this fucking solo hits at the end of when the innocent die. And it's just like, it's the most YOLO wild fucking smooth brain shit that like, I don't know. It's my favorite. And I think I'm leaning raped ass because of that moment, dude. It's the tent pole moment of these uh, two seven inches. Chris, what's your take? Uh, I am also not really a huge lover of this genre. I can appreciate it, but it's not like a destination for me. Um, so, you know, I could probably count the number of times I've actually listened to this, these records, like on my fingers and toes. But that said, like, this is really good. And, uh, you know, this band is one of the best to ever do this style. And I appreciate that. And yeah, uh, I think Victims of a Bomb Raid is probably also my favorite track of of all of these. Um, it, you guys both touched on the recording. Um, the recording is is certainly better on on Victims, but like something about the recording for Rape Das almost like plays into it, just sounding absolutely like brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- there's there's something to say there. Um and then, you know, the art of this of uh Rape Das is so sick. Like they're both actually really good next level artwork that works so perfect for the genre, but like yeah, that one specifically with the what is it? Like the Grim Reaper trying to buy uranium or something like that. <laughs> um is just next level. Uh I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to go the other way from you guys and take victims just cause, uh, even though the recording on raped ass plays into, uh, the just insanity, like an in intensity, uh, I think probably most often I'll put on victims when I want to listen to this band. So I'm going that way. Yeah. I feel you. Like, I, I feel like, my ear likes the victims of a bomb raid recording more, but it's almost like when you lose that sound of like the raped ass seven inch, like you're losing a member, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to describe. Also, I just want to say the lyrics for that song real quick. Cause like, they're pretty simple and brilliant. And it's like one of those things where God hardcore, when you can like strip out all the bullshit, like, and make something that's not silly is like, it at its best. You talk about freedom. We have no freedom. You talk about rights. We have no rights. This fucking system is like a raped ass. That's it. Fucking brilliant, dude. You know, anyway, 
Uh, hell yeah, dude. Shout out Staffin. Shout out Frederick. Shout out to uh, the whole Gothenburg hardcore scene from 2010. I love you fools. Um, and uh, hell yeah. Dan, final uh, thoughts on the episode. Um, lots of great music discussed. Lots of chit chat with my homies. <laughs> God, that sounded terrible. Edit that out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, no, it's it's just great. Hardcore rules. That's all I got to say. Hell yeah. Chris, final thoughts. Chit chat with the homies. R.I.P. <laughs> That's why. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I always appreciate you, you know, having me on and, and talking to hardcore with y'all. And uh, yeah, we love it. And this is a lot of this is a lot of heat on this playlist like there is every time we talk about stuff that we love because uh, really it speaks for itself check out the playlist after you listen to the podcast because these bands rule oh yeah dude i love chit chatting with my homies and uh <laughs> yeah dude uh dan where can people find you at southpaw instagrammer on instagram Yep. Uh, Chris, where can people find you? At Chris Williams, 5-1 on Instagram. And if people want to play a show in Central California, where do they find you? Uh, at Village underscore HC underscore shows. Again, <laughs> Dennis is to blame for the underscores. No idea where he why he threw those in the at handle. But uh, yeah, Village Hardcore Shows. Um Dennis and Krista, I think, run the DMs there. So uh, you can DM me through my Instagram if you want. Uh, yeah, or go there. But yeah, we'd love to have you. Dude, if you want to play a show on the Central Coast, excuse me, the Central underscore Coast, hit up Chris. <laughs> you know what's up. Um, everyone, get at me, 185 miles south at gmail.com. I respond to everyone. And uh, 185 miles south on Instagram twitter and threads it's all there uh but email's the best way also my personal don't fucking stalk me bro uh zach retaliate and you know retaliate is the best on instagram uh get at us uh what is it 365 organics sponsoring with those uh, garbanzo beans uh whoever the seed supplier is at uh fraser farms I want those uh, raw sunflower seeds in bulk delivered into my house. And Lime Liquid Death, where you at, dude? Hit me up. Don't hit me with that melon bullshit, but uh, the lime one, you know what's up. Get at me. Everyone, we love you all. We'll talk to you next Monday on Patreon. 